producer and actor Nicole Holmes who has not yet been discovered this up-and-coming podcast interviews the up-and-coming Nicole how you doing today um awesome I'm in the presence of Mr. Thrive himself you are far too far too kind I mean I I don't deserve that kind of recognition just yet but I I, I am truly honored to have <laughs> you on the show no because like when I first when I, when I first created the show I I really had wanted you Right off the bat, I, I wrote in my list of names, all these different names, and you're one of the top five names. That's absolutely. awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. The reason why is because you are one of the biggest personalities I've ever met on set. Get out of here. No, seriously. Seriously. Oh my God, shocks. <laughs> I met you um, on, a, on a shoot I volunteered for. I was just a PA. Yeah. Uh, do you remember that shoot? Uh, no. No? <laughs> Wait, 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 what? It was, uh, I think it was Coyote. Oh, yeah! Yeah. 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 Which is now, I think, circulating in the, in the, in the different, like, um, uh, film festivals right now a little bit. Well, with Derek. Well, right now. Yeah. Uh, Coyote is currently in the finishing stages of post. Oh, is it not? I thought, I thought, he, he always advertised it like, like, like Oh, hell yeah. Festivals. We, we gotta advertise it, let everyone know it's out there, you smart, know what I'm saying? Smart, it's, man. it's happening. Right. So, um. Yeah, uh, I was actually a producer on that, and uh, you know my friend Derek Sulik brought me on. He's also the director and one of the writers, and um, yeah, so that's actually going to be in the film festivals once we finish. Uh, we'll have a little festival run with that. Very cool. So yeah, it's exciting stuff. Yeah, I mean, well, so I met you as a, a unit production. You were a unit production coordinator on shoot right no i was producing you were producing i was producing okay because because like <laughs> your your resume is incredibly extensive sometimes it's a little bit hard to keep track with you uh not because uh it's because i'm a hot mess is that is that what you're getting at <laughs> not because you're a hot mess because i'm i'm <laughs> fine <a> hot mess. <laughs> oh, fine fine you know what nicole you're a hot mess yeah, how about it. that i know it. no 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 it's because uh you're versatile oh that really is it you have this wide range of versatility that you use to your benefit when you're uh you know when you're on when you're on set uh kicking ass i appreciate that and that was the that was one of the first things i noticed when i was on that shoot oh uh that shoot was kind of significant for me you were like wow look at that hot chick over there let me go get to know her. yeah exactly. No. <laughs> and that's how i've made half my success exactly yeah. exactly i yeah. wouldn't be here today if i didn't hit on you but yeah <laughs> no, yeah, I uh, I do remember that shoot. I remember meeting you on it, and uh, it was a joy meeting you. Um, I'm happy we, uh, you know, created this friendship out of it. It's great. All, all the same to you. I um, and also Linda. How's she doing? Yes. Um. Yeah. You know, shameless plug. So Linda is yeah. actually going to be producing a. Uh, I mean, uh, directing. I'm associate producing. Okay. A. Proof of concept pilot, a political uh, drama. Very cool. Yeah, so she's doing great. She's working on stuff as well. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I've a, I remember when I met her, she, this podcast is now about her. 
by the way. Oh, great. We're not interviewing you. We're just going to interview you about her. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm about I, it. I would love to get her on the show, though, because she she's a pretty interesting person. Oh, you have to. Yeah. Linda is, she is so unique. Like, she's got such an interesting past. Who, who do you think is more interesting, you or her? Well, obviously, <laughs> we're tied because we're both fabulous. Okay, Linda, did you hear that? <clears throat> You're tied, so... Screw you, Linda. I'm the freaking winner. Oh, <laughs> hi. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I hope she's lit. Hi, Linda. Oh Love you. <laughs> Kisses. Um, yeah, no, but she's great. Yeah. No, no, she really is. Um, but you're equally great, so you claim. And <laughs> oh, Jesus. I mean, Thank you, you. I mean, that's what you said. Thank you. Yeah, I am. I'm pretty... We're going to ignore that part where you got really competitive there for a second. No. But that competition is very healthy. Yeah. It's not toxic. No, not at all. Not at all. No. Um... What else do you do on the production end? Uh, aside from producing? Yeah, aside from producing. Um, I've production managed. Okay. I uh, typically production coordinate, associate produce. Okay. Um, I uh, executive produce from time to time. AD. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, and I can see you as an AD. In writing, directing. Yeah, right. I'm, a, I'm, not a, I'm not a yeller. I'm right. not a yeller, but right. I, I'm a... I'm a boss-ass bitch from time to time, you know, right, yeah. running the show a little bit. For those who are listening who don't know what an assistant director does, a lot of, contrary to the myth that an assistant director assists the director in directing, that is not what it no, does. No, that's not what it is at all. No, no, no. I, 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 always, <clears> get, <throat> I always get asked, like, like, some, like someone, someone brought up to me, like, why don't you just be an assistant director? And I'm like, because that's not what I want to do. And they're like, right. wait, do you want to direct? I'm like, no, no, no. Two different things. For those of you who don't know, an assistant director kind of has to be a boss-ass bitch, as mm-hmm. Nicole has. Uh, I think that should be like the... the that's the definition that, of... That if you look be, it up, that's yeah. the job description. Right. Right. It really is. And I, I actually had a friend who uh, gave me a book to read. Uh, her name's Abby. Mm-hmm. She's a really special person. Oh, Abby. Yeah. We love she, Abby. She gave me a book on how to AD. I don't know why she did, because it really didn't have much to do with sound mixing or directing. Didn't you request it? Don't she, don't she, try to lie, bro. Okay, but like, bro, she, I was right there when she let you borrow it. Yeah, but like, I still don't understand why. Like, cause once I finished, it, I was like, this had nothing to do with anything I wanted to do. <laughs> you were like, wow, that was pointless. <laughs> Terrific. I mean, I read it. It was interesting. I now know what an AD does. Right. Like tooth and nail. I'm sorry, Abby. <laughs> Anywho. Anywho. Uh, yeah, and Abby's a terrific AD, too, so. Yeah, I hear she's my biggest fan on the show. Um, you know, I, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't, hurt my self-esteem. Um, yeah, maybe she tunes in from time to time, I don't know. Okay. I, I don't know. I don't know. We don't know. Don't we don't know. know. Um, but what I wanted to get to, though, going back to you. Yeah. I, I don't know why I keep on sidetracking all these different Well, people. because, like, it's not just about one person, it takes a village to make a film. Right? I love that. So, like, everyone's a team, and uh, no one's better than anyone else. We're all just awesome. I wish more people in the industry had that attitude because that's so much not so the case. Uh, how do you acquire the extensive skill set that you have in order to tackle all those positions on the production side? You know, um, it's funny. When I first came out to L.A., I'm originally from Rhode Island, in case uh, none of you knew, by this uh, crazy-ass accent. Yeah, can't you... <clears throat> I parked the car in Harvard's yard. Yeah, there we 
go. Yeah, coffee. Um, you know, when I first came out here, all I had under my belt really was theater experience. Mm -hmm. I knew nothing about film, okay. like absolutely nothing. And I thought, you know, I came out here specifically wanting to do acting because acting is a strong passion of mine. But telling other people's stories and helping them create their stories and letting their voices be heard is really another passion of mine as well. So when I first went to film school, that's where I kind of dove into what I wanted to learn. And I went for producing and uh, found myself, you know, ADing a lot. And uh, from there, I just kind of took off and started production coordinating and you know, doing more producing and uh, yeah, that's how I, you know, acquired these skills and not just in school, obviously. Right. You got to be on set. That's where you learn everything. Right. Like school can only teach you so much. Which, which film school did you go to? Uh, Columbia College Hollywood in okay. Tarzana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, my experience was great and I learned a lot and uh Graduated student body president. Don't want to toot my own horn. <laughs> honk honk. Wow. I know, right? Put that, that many people resume. like me. What the hell? <laughs> I don't think anyone like ever looks at that honestly on my resume. Cause I, I put it there. I was like, let's see what it does. But at, at most, you've gotten a glance with the with the whoever you were applying to, just kind of like flip through the pages and they were like, eh, look at that. Student yeah. Body They're like, wow, um, she doesn't completely suck at does life. That, does that uh, apply to PA? Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's really. that's no. similar to a PA, uh, correct? <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, let's just destroy all my accomplishments. No. You know, let's just no, make no, me no. feel like a pile of shit. No, 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 no. Thanks for having oh. me, Mr. Thrive. <laughs> for the record, <laughs> guys, for the record, Nicole actually has a, a long array of accomplishments, including one that she's working up to right now, but I'm not quite there yet. So just stay tuned because towards, I would say like the middle the latter end of this episode, you will hear about some of the stuff that she's currently working on right now, and it's absolutely amazing. But in the meantime, I wanted to ask, you know, you were at Columbia College, you kind of just, you kind of had a, a can-do attitude, is that what I understand? Yeah, like, when I was, um, you know, a freshman, um, sophomore, I cut on to, like, every student film I possibly could. Literally, like, I, I had 60 film sets that I was on before, like, I graduated. Jesus. I went into like the senior thesis class and was like, hi, I'm Nicole. Hire me on your fucking set. They're like, you're crazy, but we need your freaking accent. Come on in. So, um, <laughs> so was it, was it the accent or was it the can do attitude that really made your success? You know? Yeah. I think it was a little bit of both, you know, partially my accent, partially my can do attitude that got my ass on film sets. I mean, that's, I mean, that's pretty amazing because it, it, it shows you I mean, like like stories like that the can-do attitude you hear about these different uh stories about the sneaky ways that people have like kind of like marketed themselves oh yeah whether that's through guerrilla marketing or literally just asserting yourself the way that you have right do you think that in you know outside of film school it's as simple as that just getting yourselves out there i don't like to say fake it till you make it i like to say do it until you believe it um hmm. You know, for me, uh, my first outside of school job was a uh, cookie, cookie dough bites commercial. And, uh, you know, it was a senior who had actually come to me and was like, hey, so 
we're looking, we're crewing up for this commercial. We need some uh, G&E. Are you familiar with that? <laughs> My ass was like, hell yeah, I'm familiar <laughs> with that. Are you kidding me? So they just threw you on Gripping Electric. Um, yeah, 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 but, uh, you know, it kind of probably turned more into PAing because, come on, like, <laughs> I didn't know what the hell I was doing. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you know, I actually stayed up all night with a friend of mine at the time. And, uh, you know, we just researched and studied different film terminology and equipment. And and then the next day we were on set working oh a Cookie Dough so commercial. So you, you, you pulled, I mean, <clears throat> fresh out of college. Or were you still in college? Uh, no, I was a freshman in college. Oh, my God. I knew absolutely nothing. Oh, my God. So you really, like... You pulled the ultimate college student move, which is like studying yeah. for the test the next the, yeah. the, the night before. Yeah. You pulled an all-nighter. Yeah, because I wanted to get on set. I wanted to know <laughs> what I was missing out on. Holy shit. I mean that I mean that's pretty tough. And what I mean, were you do you think that people were able to read right through you when you jumped on that set? Or were you able to were you a good faker? I know you say that don't fake it till you make it. Yeah, believe it. Believe it. Do it till you believe it. Okay. Um because you have to start somewhere. Okay. So faking it is like being something that you're not, right? Mm-hmm. It's not something that you intend on being. Okay. But doing it is a more positive outlook on it. Doing it until you believe it. Like, this is who I am. I can do this. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. It's kind of like a confidence thing. So, I, I, um, love, that. I love that. Because yeah. you, you have always exuded confidence i think that's what's drawn me to you the most actually is the confidence wow thank you i appreciate yeah. that yeah because you know i spend most nights crying alone in my bed <laughs> i'm just kidding i'm kidding <laughs> no but uh yeah it definitely takes uh confidence and i think if you don't have confidence again do it until you believe it exude confidence you don't have and you're gonna believe that you have that confidence yeah no i i love that yeah, I love that. I, I think that when I started in the film industry, I, I went for the more of the the fake it till you make it approach. And I think, at times, my charm allowed me to, to get away with things. To get away with it, but at other times, I definitely fucked up. Yeah. I have, like, I should make a separate resume. I have a resume for like different scenarios that like my successes, mm-hmm. but I should make a resume of just my complete fuck ups. Well, that's what we grow on. I know. And it's nice to go back and remember, hey, I used to be a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, I'm not. Oh, hold I'm on one second. Kidding. No, I still am. No, <laughs> no, no. you're not. Let, let's, let's be real here. I, I definitely <laughs> still am. I, I know me. I know me. Oh, my goodness. Get out of here. You are definitely not. <laughs> okay, thank you. You're welcome. Not, not, confidence restored. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Um, That will be $100 for being your therapist. Oh, my God. Thank you. Okay. Let me just get my wallet out. <laughs> Got two dollars of that work. Um, <laughs> I was gonna. We'll, we'll put you on a payment plan. Perfect. <laughs> we'll finance my. <laughs> we'll tack that onto your tuition. No, yes. I'm just kidding. <laughs> exactly. Um, but now you're in the real world. You know, after college. Yeah. Is that as easy to uh, believe in? To believe in yourself, even though you've never really done those rules, or are you kind of past that? Are you now? kind of narrowing it down to what you're good at these days in you know, terms of your primary work. You know, in school I made sure to dabble in every role, um, even being behind the camera. I wanted to know 
what my strengths and what my weaknesses were so wow. that when I went into the real world, I knew what I liked to do and do it well. Okay. So, uh, you know, I was ready. I was full speed ahead when I came out, um, you know, of college mm -hmm. and uh, got on to, you know, one of my first bigger film sets as a production coordinator. Not huge, but like a lifetime. And, um, you know, I definitely did not know as much as I thought I knew. <laughs> um, but I learned so much because I had a fantastic mentor still a mentor, um, production manager, Akin Corcus, who's uh, amazing. Oh, yeah, he's great. Yeah, and I've learned a lot through him. Okay. And, uh, yeah, it's a different skill set. It still has the same skills as producing, but it's, you know, it there's different things to do and uh, to be done. It's more of, like, the little nitty-gritty things and, you know, vendors and all that fun stuff. <laughs> sure. But, um... Yeah, I'm very thankful to him. I learned a lot through him. What What would you say was the most important lesson you learned uh, from Atkin Corcus? Because I, I know him personally. He's a great guy. He has a very interesting temperament about him uh, that makes him a great leader and very trustworthy. Yeah. Uh, and yet uh, still enforcing when he needs to be. Mm -hmm. um, what What What's been What's been one important lesson you've drawn from him? Um, you know, despite what's going on you know, just pretend like it's not happening in front of the scenes. <laughs> pretend like everything's going smoothly. Right. And then, you know, deal with it behind the scenes. Yeah. And uh, just to keep on top of everyone and, you know, make sure that you're the one checking that things are being done. You can't just kind of rely on someone else to do it as much as you trust somebody because... Is sometimes there's a mishap in communication, right? Sure. So, yeah, just always keeping on top of things. Not micromanaging by any means, but just making thing, making sure things are being done. Well, that's amazing. <clears throat> um, Atkin Corcus, if you're listening to this, I want you to know that you've just been given a really sweet shout-out, and you are absolutely invited to come onto the show at any time. It yes! Be great to have you. Maybe even do a dual interview, get multiple people that I've worked with in at the same room at that, the same time. That would be cool. Have you in there, do a little bit of a collaboration. That'd be super fun. Mm -hmm. uh, let me know. Hit me up in my DMs, bruh. <laughs> Eggplant emoji. <laughs> <laughs> you just look tomorrow and Adam sends you an eggplant. <laughs> I'd be so happy. Oh my god, please, Agen, please do this. Please send me the eggplant emoji if you're listening to this. I, I, I will not be taken aback by that at all. It'll be great. It'll be beautiful. Oh my god. Um, He's probably listening going like, what the hell are these two idiots doing? Yeah. It's no longer a podcast. It's just, uh, let's do some shout He's like, never hiring them again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Um... But kind of going back, I, I'm, I'm just like, I'm, I'm kind of like playing back in my head something that you brought up earlier, uh, talking about uh, taking, the, taking a village to create a story. Mm -hmm. um, with the production work that you do behind the scenes, what do you think is the uh, most central to telling the story that you love to partake in for that narrative reason? When I'm producing, I like to be able to pick the content um, that I'm making. Um, sometimes people will come to me and say, hey, I want to get this made. And I'll be like, great, send me the script. I, I have like declined on things that I can't connect to. Um, 
And then other things, you know, like Coyote, it was really relevant to what's happening now, you know, at our own border, because mm-hmm. um, it follows, you know, a coyote smuggling a family over the border. Right. So uh, I think it's, you know, pertinent to today's time. So, yeah, I was like, let's let's do this. Okay. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, from a coordinating standpoint, it's just about kind of hopping in and doing whatever you can to help bring this person's vision to life. Absolutely. You know, and sometimes that means going home and crying. And then... <laughs> I'm just kidding. You are really into this going home I, and crying. Would you like to talk about it? Would, like would you like cry. me to be your therapist? It's a, I can charge you $100 an hour. Okay. Now you're just trying to break even, buddy. I mean, yeah. Okay, well, let me tell you all my life problems. <laughs> um, me and the audience are listening. We're here for you. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> oh, my God, you guys. I'm so... <laughs> Um, yeah, but, um, (laughs) yeah, I just, you know, from a technical standpoint, you can still be creative in how you handle things. And I, I feel like I have a half creative mind and a half technical mind. So I feel like that works to my benefit when, you know, playing all these different roles. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I actually (laughs) did want to talk about that too, because, you know, the bread and butter that you do to make ends meet is this production work, this extensive list of right. positions. But that's not your passion. I mean, a part of it is. It's an extension of my passion. But my true, deepest passion is acting. Right. Yeah. Hence, producer and actor Nicole Holmes. Hello. Yes. Yes. Hello. Um, Hello. How'd that start? You know? Like, where, where, where did that come from? Because I, I've, I've seen you as a utility, but I've also seen you act... And it's like uh, water to oil. Mm-hmm. Uh, the different people that I see from in front of the camera and behind the camera. And I guess right. that's how it's supposed to be. Yeah. Given that that's what it actually and does. When I first came out here, I was told, you need to pick one. Do you want to be in front of the camera or behind the camera? Mm. And I was like, I don't need to pick anything. I'm Nicole Holmes. I do whatever the I want. Damn. No, I didn't say that. I was just like, oh, no, what do I do? So conflicted. But, you know, sure. I... I was able to kind of make it so both work. Um, yeah, bread and butter, I, you know, produce, production, coordinate, and then the passion is acting. Where did, where did your drive for acting begin? As, oh, you totally asked me that, and I skipped over it. I was like, yeah, I'm going to go on my own tangent, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Thrive who? Um, <laughs> we'll, just, we'll, just, we'll just cut this part out. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah, that's no, okay. Um, so my passion for acting actually came at a very young age. Um, my mom, you know, she was very hardworking and she's still my number one biggest fan and she's just my biggest support system. I love her to death. Um, she was a nurse, you know, going to nursing school at the time when I was young and would sit me in front of the TV so she could take a nap and she would put in Mary Poppins. Okay. And, uh, I, she told me I was good for two runs of Mary Poppins, so I would watch it and then watch it again. Wait, wait, wait. You, you, two runs for like that was that was how long her naps were. Or? Yeah, like I would watch the film twice in a row. The only that movie. Yeah, because I I loved it so much. That's how much you loved it. So you, it wasn't just that you were forced to. You genuinely loved it. That no, I I was like 
I would wake my mom up. Mom, rewind the tape. Rewind the tape. I want to watch Mary Poppins. <laughs> She'd be like, okay, okay. Oh, wait. Can I go on a tangent about a little funny story? Oh, please. Okay. So, <laughs> my mom's going to kill me. Um, One time. <laughs> I love it already. I woke my mom up and I was like, Mom, I'm hungry. And she's like, okay, sweetie. Gets up. She goes into the kitchen. What do you want? I want cereal. Okay. So she takes a microwave bag of popcorn from the night before. She's half asleep. She doesn't know what she's doing. She sticks the popcorn in a bowl, yeah. turns the faucet on, puts water in it, <laughs> thinking it's milk, puts it in front of me at the kitchen table, goes, yes, and kiss on the forehead, goes to walk back to the room. Mommy, I don't want to eat this. Honey, eat your cereal. No, I don't want it. <laughs> Honey, eat your goddamn ce- I don't like popcorn cereal. <laughs> and she was like, oh, no. At that moment, she noticed. She's like, oh, oh my, I'm a terrible mom. It was so <laughs> funny. Oh, my goodness. That's amazing. She's hilarious. I love her. That's really amazing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is that, would you say that that's, Mary Poppins is the one movie that you could probably quote front to back since you've watched it so many times? Um... Because I'm embarrassed to say the movie that, when, when you talk about the movie that you watched way too many times. Yeah. The movie that I watched way too many times was Chicken Run. Yeah, Chicken Run. The the claymation uh, chickens that are like in the concentration camp. And oh, they're, they're the stupid to kid with the glasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, the was, chicken. Oh, no, no. Not, not, you're thinking of Chicken Little. Oh, oh. No, no, no. Chicken, I actually liked that the one. The same guys who made Wallace and Gromit mm-hmm. made Chicken Run. And I... Was like stupid into that. I feel like way I was. Too much. I feel like I watched it. Yeah. I I just like, I don't know. I feel like I watched it, but I don't remember. Like that's how most people are, but, yeah, I just watched it, way too much, and I could quote that movie front to back. That's awesome. Yeah, Mister Tweety. <laughs> what are those chickens doing outside the fence? Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't want to talk about it. I'm not happy about that. Oh, do close your mouth. You're not a codfish. (laughs) Basically. (laughs) Mary Poppins. Yeah. Okay. Just a spoonful of sugar. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Wow. Even though the sound of it is something quite atrocious. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go on a whole tangent if you let me, so. Would you ever consider going on, like, doing, doing... Broadway? Yeah. I mean, well, you did theater. Yeah. That was a dumb question. I Musical realized. theater was like my big passion. That's where you started. Yeah. So like post. was Mary Poppins, went to doing my own little tiny shows in the basement, bring, dragging my grandma and my mom and be like, huh, watch me sing and dance. And they're like, great. <laughs> Wait, but, you, you would make the, you, you would set up like a whole stage in your basement? Yeah. They were like these, um, you know, big four by four planks down in the basement in the par- apartment building for some okay. reason okay. when I was living in Pawtucket. And I would put them together and I would put the radio on and I would be like, come see my show. And I'd like dance and sing to the songs on the radio and they'd be like, yay. And I'd always say, I'm going to move to Hollywood, Hollywood one day and be an actor. And they're like, okay. And you know, here I am. Yeah, here you are. It's kind of crazy. Did you start in high school theater after that or, or middle school theater even? Or I don't even know. Yeah. So, um, when I was even in kindergarten, there was like, a little show that we did called The Wizard of Oz. You may uh, you may have heard of it. Uh, how does that one go? I don't think I've heard of it. 
Get out of here. Okay. Um, follow the yellow brick road. Okay. Okay. Is that the road they, they peed on a lot? The cowardly lion. Oh, the cowardly lion. I'm a too scared. Which one were you? Were you the cowardly lion? No, I was a stupid flower that some, like, little <laughs> freaking munchkin came over and picked me. And the, the thing was, like, this was like a little school play, right? And I've always been chubby. So, like, the... The bigger kids had to come and pick up the little flowers and carry them off stage. Well, I didn't even pick me up. So they just tapped me on the shoulder. And I ran off. It's the funniest well, the, thing. The great news is you're still a flower to this day. In my... <laughs> I'm still a fat flower. Oh, no, I didn't... <laughs> I aspire to be a fat flower. Oh, my gosh. Oh. You're a fat flower. <laughs> but what were some of the what were some of the bigger roles uh, that you did later on in theater that, that oh. kind of uh, had an impact on what you do today? Yeah. So um, you know, and then I went to high school and um, acted in Arsenic and Old Lace, and I was Officer O'Hara, which is typically a men's role, but mm-hmm. uh, they saw my comedy ch- chops and you know put me in that. <clears throat> and the school was like, "How do you feel about directing?" Whoa. Yeah, and I was like, I would love to do that. So then I directed Grease the Musical, and that was the first show that the high school put on that was a musical. And it was the first show that sold out. Wow. Yeah, like, because I was already in repertory theater, like, I got a bunch of friends, and we got places to donate props and costumes and all that. So that's where I got my directing bug. Okay. But, um, you know, it went from there. And then I started doing theater at the Stadium Theater in Woonsocket. Mm-hmm. And uh, Encore Repertory was the group that I would act with. And I met so many fantastic people there. One gentleman in particular, uh, George Martin, who I was very inspired by. And he actually casted my grandpa in a show with me. Um, and then we ended up being a duo. Like we were casting every show with him after afterwards. Really? Yeah. Wow. Where is he now? Um, he's in Rhode Island. Okay, cool. Yeah. He's still in Rhode Island. Uh, he doesn't do theater anymore, oh, okay. but he, he was actually in the bathroom, you know, peeing and the director walked you in don't say, yeah. and, uh, he was singing and, uh, George was like, wait, you can sing. I'm like, I just can imagine this conversation like, right. oh, h- hi there. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, well, that, that's where the best stories happen. The yeah. best stories in the entertainment industry have always happened uh, with P happening in the background. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, me and my grandpa both did a lot of theater when I was growing up, which was a great bonding experience. Um, that's really sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And uh, one time it was a little awkward because... We were doing um, uh, Oliver Twist, and they casted my grandpa as Mr. Sowersberry, and I was Mrs. Sowersberry. So okay. we were married. Oh. Yeah, oh. that was a little awkward. Some little Game of Thrones action there. Whoa. Okay. Maybe Calm not. down. Okay. So. Calm down, buddy. Uh, but it was actually fun. <laughs> it was really cool because they did my face, my makeup, and my hair. Like, I looked old. Really? I'm an old lady, <laughs> as the whippersnappers would say. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that was really fun, and it allowed me to kind of explore uh, different 
other things. I, I played a nun in um, The Sound of Music. Okay. Uh, Sister Sophia. And then uh, played a prostitute in um, <laughs> One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. <laughs> yes, I, I was a nun, and then I upgraded to prostitute. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. It was upgrade. fun. They gave me big, poofy 80s hair, uh -huh. um, and I got to climb through a window and dance with men in their underwear. It's funny that you mentioned, though, that you work, that you did uh, Sound of Music. Mm -hmm. uh, I did Sound of Music as well. I did high school theater. Oh, fun. Did I never tell you that? No. I, yeah, I did high school theater. It's honestly one of my most cherished memories. I've, I think I brought it up in the last episode, too. Um, oh, yeah, in your first podcast, I think you brought it up. Yeah, you? a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I brought it up. Uh, you, you'll hear in the next episode as well. In the, the episode before you, mm -hmm. I bring it up uh, as well. <laughs> You're like, you'll hear it in every episode because basically, I keep mentioning basically. it. No, but um, the second play I ever did, I almost quit. Because Why? my blonde-haired, blue-eyed teacher uh, casted me, this nice Jewish boy, as a Hitler youth. <gasps> and our blonde hair, blue eyed teacher went full on Nazi with the sound of music, having swastika streamers down. I had to wear a swastika on my arm. We we did too because we wanted to remain authentic. To yeah, yeah, the yeah. Show. And this was for me. This was like kind of fresh into. That's crazy for a high school to be. Yeah, our high school to do went that? all out. But then, like, it was especially fresh for me because in middle school is actually where I faced the crux of the bullying that I ever dealt with, and it wasn't just typical. Bullying, it was actually, I faced uh, anti-Semitism. Wow. Um, I got in a lot of fights in middle school just for being Jewish. That's terrible. Uh, both verbal and physical. And then um, I even, in eighth grade, was the victim of a hate crime where they completely vandalized my locker just for being Jewish. Are you kidding me? Yeah, there was a whole entire uh, case that occurred because of it. But anti-Semitism is certainly no stranger to me. Um, in case you're wondering, those people who did the hate crime were caught and uh, one guy is kind of this loser who lives all the way out in Washington right now. He was the, the ring leader of the whole operation. The other guy, uh, an African-American mm -hmm. who didn't know what was going on, who spray-painted swastikas unbeknownst to him oh as my. to what it meant and as to what he was doing, I actually met up with him about, I would say, probably safe to say about like six to eight years later, mm -hmm. and I sat down with him at a restaurant. And wow. had one of the most important conversations of my life because that was like a really big full circle for me. Right. Um, but yeah, that was like to kind of like picture like picture going through being the 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 victim of these hate crimes uh, where the swastika is very prevalent in that hate crime, and then having to wear it one year later Holy on your arm. Crap. And I I just I almost quit, and I felt really insulted. Um, the did you tell? him oh he how, knew, how you he knew felt? i was jewish yeah he knew i was jewish he no knew. but like did you tell him like this you know i'm uncomfortable in this role i think i mean you shouldn't have had to i think that's I, a dumb question yeah i don't think yeah i don't think i had to i think he knew and i think you know i i love that blonde hair blue-eyed teacher of mine he was actually a really great, he is a great guy um but I think that sometimes his decisions can come from a very aloof place, mm -hmm. and uh, you know he's he's a little bit he's a little bit older, and I'm I'm not afraid to say that I don't think his all his decisions are made with the clearest rationale. Mm. No offense to um, this this teacher, of mine. I actually really do love him, 
Uh, it's not like you're saying his name, so it's fine. Right, yeah, I don't I don't want to. Not in this episode. No, of course not. <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't even... Yeah, yeah. But, but he's just... He, he really is a great guy. I think he just made um, a really questionable decision. Right. Um, not really thinking about the context of uh, what he was doing with who he was casting. I actually, like, I can't even imagine what you must have felt. I remember, though, in order to do that show... I remember like one late night, I unexpectedly went through the high school directory that we were given where mm-hmm. every student's phone number was in the book. Right. And I called up uh, this guy named Russell, who, okay. at, who was like a role model for me in the theater department. He was just another kid like me. I think he was a junior at that time. Uh-huh. And I called him up and he, he was getting lead roles. And I said to Russell, like, dude, I want to quit. What should I do? And he said, don't. So don't quit. This was like at 10 p.m. This is like a random call, 10 p.m. He, he was willing. He was nice enough and sweet enough to answer the call, and say, "Don't quit," mm-hmm. because there are going to be better roles in the future. And if you quit now, he's not going to get the chance to see your showcase. Mm-hmm. So I stayed in it, and the next play after that, I got one of my first uh, lead supporting roles, uh, Laser Wolf in The Fiddler on the Roof. Wow! Which is like the total opposite of Sound of Music. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So that was a pretty that was a pretty big accomplishment for me because that opened up a lot of doors yeah. in my high school experience. That's sure. intense. Yeah, um, that was a really big pivotal time in my life. Yeah. So like I, I always I always have like a tender spot in my heart for high school theater. Right. Just for that specifically. It's it's definitely nice to be involved with it. It it opens doors to other things to Absolutely. other avenues. Um, you know, because there's different departments in it too. You know, the lighting board and everything. Uh, yeah. Being a part of the run crew behind the scenes. And to this day, I'm actually a little bit surprised myself that I chose acting, but I think it makes sense because I really needed to... uh, Explore that. To explore that and to to build confidence to get over certain internal struggles that I was facing. Uh, You know, yada yada, really. Just... No, not yada yada. This stuff's important. It's not yada yada. I needed some confidence, but I need some character building. Yeah. And I got that. 100%. That's awesome. Yeah. Um... Wow, that's a that's a really inspiring story. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Of course, yeah. No, I I try. I try to be. And I was like, you know, really quiet when you were telling me, but it was only because like I had this look of shock on my face, (laughs) like I can't believe. I'm touched. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Um, but now you know, going back to you. Oh, great! After that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Um, (laughs) like my transition. Yeah, I love that. Really smooth, right? I love that. Smooth as a. Smooth as butter. Smooth, smooth as butter with a bunch of pine cones in it. Um, <laughs> I made that saying up. You can coin it. I was going to say, do you do theater anymore? You know, it's Have you a, had the chance to? I have not had the chance to as of late. However, it is something that I'm looking into getting back into. Okay. Um, music, musical theater um, and sketch comedy, I have a strong interest in as well. Right. And speaking of your sketch comedy, this is what I was talking about earlier on in the episode about your, some of your amazing accomplishments that you're working towards right now. Mm-hmm. You just made a submission. We won't talk about it too much mm-hmm. if you don't want it, but you just made a submission for a contest for sketch comedy. Yeah. Um, you know, SNL was accepting some, uh, you know, writing pamphlet submissions so i wrote a few sketches sent it in and we'll see what happens and I, i've watched these sketches by the way and they're hysterical they really are which sketches well didn't you didn't you post a, a video a sample video oh on... no, no 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 this is completely new original content oh. that i haven't shared with anyone okay gotcha. yeah just because but i, I have seen other other <clears throat> of your work as well I believe. Chunky Tuna. Yeah, Chunky Tuna. Yeah. yeah. 
Tell us about Chunky Tuna. Uh, Chunky Tuna is, uh, you know, it was a senior thesis film, but it's actually, for some reason, getting a lot of attention right now. Okay. After uh, graduating a few years. <laughs> um, so Chunky Tuna is a coming-of-age high school comedy about a female who joins an all-men's wrestling team, and it's based on my own life experience um, being the only female on a men's wrestling team. Gotcha. Yeah. So uh, how I kind of cover up my hurt when I was young, I would always be comedic about it. So I think making this film was very cathartic in that sense, where I made this comedy about this time in my life. And, uh, you know, right now, um, I think it's also relevant because it follows a, a female lead and... Uh, you know, we're, we're seeing this whole kind of change in the film industry where women are becoming leads finally and getting these really great roles instead of just being, you know, pieces of meat in the background. Seriously, yeah. Um, but yeah, so you can see Chunky Tuna on the digital ticket. It's also streaming on IndieFlix. And um, I'm going to use it actually as a proof of concept. I'm in the middle of writing a feature for it because... A producer friend of mine has a little interest in picking up a wow, wow, wow. high school comedy. Wow, wow, wow. So finally getting off my ass and doing that. That's awesome. Yeah, so I'm um, proud of that. So that yeah, is... I submitted um, a clip of the film, the sketch you're talking about. Yeah. Um, I submitted it. I think that's what I remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a scene where she's like trying out for the wrestling team and yeah. it's, it's going to shit. She's like <laughs> falling, you know, yeah, everything's yeah. a mess. And... Um, so that's actually on this contest on the audience awards platform, and it's called the hashtag she directed contest. Cool. And there's still a week of voting left. So um, yeah, hopefully that gets you know it enters one of the placeholders. Absolutely, That'd guys, be great. check it out. Chunky tuna on where can you can watch it? Um, you can watch it on IndieFlix, uh, the digital ticket. And uh, there's stuff about it on IMDb, Facebook. There's an Instagram, a Twitter. So, yeah, it's everywhere. Check it out. Amazing. Amazing. Do you do a lot of acting in film? Yeah. When um, you're not doing theater? Yeah. So, you know, theater was a lot of, like, high school, college years. I, w I actually went to college first originally for theater. And then uh, I came out here to do film. And, you know, still love acting, obviously. It's my passion. So I got into a couple of student films. I recently just got off um, a show for the Oxygen Channel. Okay. Um, not sure how much I can talk about that. So that's going to be airing um, next year. Wow. But I'm in a couple episodes of that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited about that as well. God, I'm so proud of you. That's so cool. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, a couple of things in the works and... Um, Fingers crossed for bigger opportunities ahead. Absolutely. You know, you've mentioned... <laughs> I don't mean to, to flip your comedy into, like, something serious. But, yeah. like, you've mentioned going home a few times in this episode. <laughs> and, and just crying. crying. And crying just everywhere. But, but there is an undeniable aspect of acting, which is the vulnerability mm -hmm. behind it. I How literally just made a post about this on my Facebook. And I wanted to ask you about that. I'm going to actually pull it up okay. right now. That's fine. Um, this is why... In the middle of one of your answers earlier, I turned on my phone because I just remembered, oh yeah, I want to ask her about that. Yes, Hold yes, on. I'm yes. just going to, I'm going to read this. I'm going to find this for a second here. Uh, 
Yes. Okay. So this is what you posted. And it was absolutely beautiful. Oh. I'm just going to read it to you. And I would love to get your response about this. Because I know it has to do with vulnerability mm -hmm. and talent. It's one of the toughest things to do in Hollywood. Yeah. So um, here it goes. Sometimes it is really hard being an artist. We feel things to a particular depth that can absorb us fully and drown us in it. It is an extension of oneself that is literally ripped from them and given to anyone who will absorb it. It's a process of giving away little bits of yourself to make room for growth and inspiration. It becomes tiresome. It drains you and takes a particular kind of strength that the average person doesn't have. It takes a lot of sacrifice to follow a dream. We literally give up everything that makes us comfortable so we can fail and fail again for a chance at creating something that speaks to just one soul. My life may not be a conventional one, but I never claim to be normal. To all my fellow artists, keep pushing, keep creating, keep following the dream because we only need one person to believe in us and I will always be that person for you. Yeah. I mean, tell me about that. I'm kind of like tearing up. <laughs> that was, when I, when I read that, I, I, that one hit me hard. Oh. I don't really know the story behind what made you post that. Yeah. If you'd be okay with sharing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was actually, you know, in a little spot. I like to call it maybe like, I call it a funk, but maybe truthfully it's situational depression. And I think a lot of us creatives, uh, you know, feel that because we keep making things and giving ourselves away. And you know, we never get anything back from it because we just want other people to feel. And uh, it's it, it drains you. you. You're literally just kind of taking your insides and ripping them out for people. And, you know, for me, I've always said the hardest character to play is myself. Other roles are easy because essentially roles are just like extensions of your personality. Mm -hmm. So you're just like living in that realm. Whereas all those extensions complete your full personality and it's like, whoo, it's a lot. Right. You know? And I think a lot of people feel that. Like, and it doesn't have to be acting. It's like everywhere. You know, writers, directors, singers, songwriters, and you know, painters, every kind of artist that's out there, everything's art, you know? Yeah. Um, it, it takes something from w within us to create. So it's a piece of us that we're giving to the world. Yeah, no, I mean, I, so I graduated from college in 2017. Mm -hmm. And I knew it was going to be tough being on my own, trying to freelance, figuring out what I'm going to do. But even in just those two years mm -hmm. from 2017, I can't tell you how many times I really needed to hear that. And there were times where I didn't hear that just because, of course, we weren't friends or because, <laughs> simply put, <laughs> you only posted that a couple of days ago. Right. But this is something that I think artists really need to hear is that they actually have one of the most important jobs to society. In that society, there's a lot of gears turning that are have some sort of mundane purpose but the purpose of talent whether that comes in the form of like you said directing acting uh you're a comedian uh you're a painter you're a podcaster you're uh, a writer whatever right. it is you're the reason why any of these mundane gears want to live 
That's mm-hmm. really what it comes down to. And no matter how big or small of a following you have, there is one person, at least one, who believes in you. Hi, I believe in all of you. I do. I mean, that's Nicole Holmes for you right there. I really do. I think, I, I, I think that... We uh, have to uplift each other. Always. Absolutely. And Nicole, the reason why I invited you on the show is because I believe in you. Oh. It really is. The people I believe I bring on the show are people that I believe in. I, I am convinced <laughs> these will be people that make it big one day. That's really cool. I, I really do mean that. And having you in here, I really when I said it earlier, I really did mean it. It is nothing but a privilege to have you on the show. Because I know that one day this episode will be more valuable than anything. Yeah, and then you'll sell it and get it. No, I'm just kidding. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Get that profit, baby. <laughs> no, but um, I actually really love and respect and uh, think this is awesome what you're doing. Like you. allowing people's voices to be heard. And that's really important these days. There, there's not enough of it. I mean, granted, with social media these days, everyone's famous. You know, right. that, that's something that... <laughs> everyone's um, a model. Right. And that's that's something that uh, the, 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 the last episode was mentioned, Amanda Toro, she was saying that Everyone's famous these days. Mm-hmm. I mean, God, I want to be famous to some extent. To some extent, mm-hmm. I want to be. Uh, I think Brian Cranston famous, not oh, Kanye he's West. So famous, great, you know. I love Brian Cranston, but I don't want to be Kanye West famous because his fame kind of makes him crazy to mm-hmm. the point where it's stupid. But Brian Cranston is still the the great loving dad figure. Yep. That he is, and that's that's the kind of famous I want to be. And like even interviews with him, like he just seems like such a humble, oh, yeah. wholesome person. Yeah. Right. I yeah. mean, I don't know him obviously, but yeah. he just exudes that. So. Yeah, yeah, I've heard stories about the way he handles fans when when fans go up to him in public places and they try to get an autograph. Uh-huh. He's able to, you know, he will make his an effort his his his, his effort and, and make and sign autographs and whatnot. But at the same time, if it's too much. He'll say it's too much in a very respectful way. Yeah. And that's very reasonable. Yeah. And I mean, you have to reserve yourself sometimes. Like absolutely. It, it gets to be a lot. Yeah. Um, so I would like to, you know, he's a he's a role model for me when I think about the kind of fame that I want to, you know, hopefully strive for. Right. Um, I think everyone should strive for that, that certain level because that's like the, almost like the perfect happy medium. Well-respected. Yeah. Yep. But I'm also able to uh, combat the crazy mm-hmm. a little bit, both internally and externally. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, but you don't just do acting. No. You don't just do acting. Uh, and you also don't just do production. <laughs> you also do um, plus-size modeling. Yes, too. I do. Uh-huh. Um, where did that come from? <laughs> Who the hell am I? Yeah. I'm like an entertainment sybil. I have all right. these personalities. I remember, I remember it's kind of funny because I remember uh, when I first got started, Mm-hmm. My first thought was like, I'm going to make the most grand spanking business card out there. And remember... <gasps> I remember that oh business God, card. You, oh. you gave it to me. Oh, God. What'd you think of it? I said, what the hell does this guy do? <laughs> and you know what? That's... What did it say? What did it say? Oh, my business card. Um, It said like, I don't even know, honestly. There was like 15 things listed. Yeah. And me and, and, me and Linda were like, wow, this is great that he does all this, but maybe make a separate business card for each... I would have had to make 15 separate business cards. Well, that's what I had to do. I did that. <laughs> did because, you really? Yeah, because they always say you have to be good at one thing. Like, be great at one thing, right? Yeah. You can't be a jack of all trades. Sure. But, I mean, I feel like nowadays you have to be a jack of all trades. You really do. Like, you have to know how to 
you know, edit a little, shoot a little, direct a little. Mm -hmm. You have to know how to do everything. Well, you can't just jump in guns blazing. And you, I really want You to. have to learn. If you're going to be excellent at a million things, you have to learn how to do those million things. Right. You can't just say, I do all of this and not know what the fuck you're doing. Right. Right? Yeah. And, I, you know, I'm only going to advertise myself as what I'm good at or great at. Right. You know, nothing less than excellent. Sure. But, um, yeah, I think it's okay to be great at more than one thing. I mean, it's, 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 it's a necessity. Mm -hmm. It is a necessity in today's age to be, to be great at more than one thing. But you need to figure out, like you just said, how to market yourself. And that was one of the biggest learning curves for me when I was, I think, just meeting people when I had volunteered for that mm -hmm. shoot on Coyote yeah. when I had met you. You know, different different aspects like that. Like, But you learn really fast. You think I mean, so? Yeah, look at where you are now. You, you market yourself as a sound mixer and a director. Precisely. Easy peasy. Yeah. And you may do all these other little things. Yeah. But those are the two main things. Just like I'm mainly an actor-producer. Right. You know? But I still direct. I as still everyone write. has heard, you have such a, a wide array of these amazing talents <laughs> and skills that you have. It's, Thank you. It's quite the resume. Thank you. And I'm just glad to have you on the show. Before we wrap up, um, I want to ask you the one question that I ask everybody yeah. on this show. Oh, I, buy me a drink first. <laughs> oh, wait, you already did. I Sorry. did. <laughs> I did. For the record, we had a great shot of we Adon had... e Eden yes. tequila. Get a, you know, live and it up a lot of that, Sonny. Yeah. Okay. Makes the podcast interesting. What What's the question? The question is, what will you be famous for? Ooh. That's deep. <laughs> I, you know, I don't strive to be famous. I strive to follow my passion. And my dream is to live comfortably off of being able to do what I love to do. And I think, yeah, maybe a little bit of fame comes with that when you do it so often, right? I feel like there are like people on YouTube who sing or, and, and they get discovered and, and then fame comes with it. But it was originally a passion that they love to do. And I think if anything that I got famous for, I would hope that it would be for, you know, comedy acting because I love to make people laugh and uh, I think it makes the world a better place. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. If someone listening to this podcast right now wanted to work with you, get in contact with you, maybe even help you produce Chunky Tuna mm -hmm. as a full feature, yeah. what's the best way to contact you? Uh, you can find me on the Instagram at Nicole L. Holmes or Facebook at Nicole Holmes. Uh, you can also find me on IMDb, Nicole Holmes. Beautiful. Nicole, you are absolutely amazing. I'm so happy to finally have on have you on the show. Yes, um, I'm happy to be here. Guys, stay tuned. Many more amazing personalities, amazing talents, amazing artists coming your way. Stay tuned for this upcoming podcast about the up and coming This Is Stars of Tomorrow. Have a great rest of the week. Ooh, ooh, yay.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.